God bless you, God bless you, and God bless you, people of God. Welcome again to your number one podcasting show, CBT Change by Truth, where I'm your host, Minister DK, and we're not here to excite you about what might be in your life, but to invite you to what shall be in your life. So open your heart, grab your faith, get ready. God's got a message and a blessing for you. Stay tuned. God bless you. And when they wanted wine, um, the mother of Jesus said unto him, they have no wine. Jesus said unto her, woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother said unto the servants. It's like she almost disregarded what he said. She looks at the servants and she said, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two to three firkins apiece. And Jesus said unto them, Fill the water pots with water. And they fill them up to the brim. And he said unto them, draw out now. <laughs> I love it. Draw out now. And they bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. Verse 3. Uh, one more time. Jesus said unto her, woman, what? Have I to do with thee? Mine hour has not yet come. And his mother said unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we bless you and we give you glory right now, God, for this moment that we have been blessed and privileged to live in the faith of your blood, your son, and his love. God, let your light so now shine upon the mind and the heart, soul, and spirit of every individual in here, God, who needs to understand that within them is more than they realize. I thank you now, God, for this word. Let it live. Let it, God, uh, marinate and change the lives of your people forever, God. We thank you for the word. We thank you for this word. And we thank you for... This word in Jesus' name, amen. And the people of God said, amen. The mother saith unto the servants, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. I am anointed for the process of whatever. Many times when we deal with that word, whatever, that I've seen, I notice that people are frustrated. And they get to a point in a conversation with somebody until they throw their hands up and say whatever. And they fan it off out of frustration. Whatever. And a lot of times because of that attitude with the spirit of whatever, we can't go further in God. Because of the attitude. We, we have the right answer, but the wrong attitude. And so now 
We have to come to realize that to go further with God, because that should be the drive of every Christian, to go further with God. What, what is the purpose of going further with God? The purpose of going further with God is that it causes you now to come into your element of being used for the glory of the kingdom of God. See, many people um, that's walking with God in the body of Christ has, has truly not experienced freedom with God. Freedom. There are many things we have experienced with God. We, many of them have experienced salvation because at one point in time, we knew our lives was torn from the flow up and we knew that we needed to be saved. And we found ourselves calling on God out of desperation. Father, save me. And we, 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 we was needful for God. And we got saved and we've experienced salvation with God. And some of us bound by issues and, and different things in life. And, and we've experienced deliverance with God where he's had to come in and rescue us and pick us up out of a horrible pit. Uh, many of us have been sick in our body and needed the Lord to, to touch us with his hand of light to give us hmm, uh, liberation and, and restoration in our bomb. See, there's a difference between when it comes to um, being needful of God and being useful for God. Two different things. And many of us have experienced being needful for God, but God now is looking for you to be useful for him. And how many here know that many times if you're going to come into the greatest part and process of being used by God, you're going to be used by somebody other than God. One more time. If you're going to be used by God, you're going to be used for God. You've got to be used by someone that don't look like God, don't sound like him. See, this is how we go further into our walk with God because there is a process that has to come into manifestation that causes God to get the best out of you. Many of you are getting yourself all dressed up and fixed up and prepared for God to use you. But the more you get yourself fixed up and prepared for God to use you, the less he's going to use you. I'm just going to give you a newsflash. Because God wants to use you as he cleans you. He wants to use you as he needs you. He wants to use you. And it's the things that's within side of your life, the things that you struggle with, the things that you fight with, that God has to send through a process so he can use you for someone else's life. I've been anointed for the process of whatever. Because it's whatever. And the spirit of God says, God, I'm here. I got my hands lifted for you. Whatever you need, whatever you want, place me, God. Your will is my command. God, I surrender. It's when we get to the whatever of the spirit that God sends us through the process to be used by God. Let me, let, let me give you the natural. Let me give you the natural demonstration of the process of whatever. This is the natural process. And when I finish the natural process, we'll get into the text and look at the spiritual process. You can have something to balance yourself with. Uh, okay. Mm. Okay, here we go, here we go, here we go. Uh, uh, I'm a caterpillar. Mm, yes, Lord. I'm a caterpillar. Mm. All the ladies, 
You are ladybugs. <laughs> Praise God. You and your spots are ladybugs. Now, the brothers, uh, you're, you're, you're soldier ants. And, and your soldier ants, the ladies, are ladybugs. And, and I'm a caterpillar. And I'm a caterpillar by myself because when you're going through the process of being used by God, you always seem like you're by yourself. But just bear with me. So now we're all walking together through the woods. Hallelujah. You all are talking amongst each other. And as you're talking, you notice that I'm a little on the quiet side. So one of the brothers say, hey, man, what's going on with you? You. You're a little uncomfortably quiet. And I begin to say something along the lines that, uh, I don't know, I got a lot on my mind. Well, talk to us about it. Let's, let's, let's seek God together and find out. And the ladies say, amen. And we're, we're, we're seeking God now. Um, and I begin to open up. And I say, you know, lad, yesterday I was crawling along my way and I was crawling over a stick. And as I begin to crawl over the stick, I begin to have the sensation and the belief that I can fly. Now this is strange because I have too many legs as a caterpillar to believe I can fly. But I'm telling mm, Lady Ladybug and Brother Ant the story because it's really in my mind. I don't understand where this came from that I can fly. And I've been crawling on my legs all my life. Makes no sense. Matter of fact, not only do I crawl, but I'm slow. Brother Ant says, you'll be all right. You just ate some bad, some bad leaves and grass yesterday. You probably got a little gas on the stomach. Uh, and your, your legs probably just hurting from, from always crawling over things. But I mean, you just need to anoint them with some oil and keep praying. Shake that demon off. <laughs> I get quiet again, but I said, no, 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 you don't understand this. It was real. I literally, I, 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 could, I could feel the wind in my face as I crawled. He stops now and he looks at me. It is. I say, just, just, just two weeks before that, I, I, I was dreaming and in my dreams, uh, I had wings. Mm, I had wings and as I was flying through the sky I couldn't see myself but I could see everything that I was flying over because I saw you brother Ant, and you lady ladybug and you were all on the ground and I was just swarming and flying and floating I was landing on stuff and just taking back off again and I've never felt so free sister Ladybug stops and you look to her. She's getting her oil out of her pocketbook and she's anointing me now because she says I'm under demonic attack. She says this, this is nothing but the devil trying to mess up who you are. I have to get my mind straight because they're my support system and I, I believe them, but I can't help but to realize and think what I feel on the inside is real. Now, now watch this. I'm telling them my dreams and, and what I was speaking, but, uh, but, but if I was to tell them of the urges and of the things I've been feeling in my body lately, what would they do or what would they say about me? See, so what do you do when you stand in the mirrors, brothers and sisters, and you look at yourself and all you can see is your present status and all you can remember is what you've been through in your past, but you can't help stop thinking about what God has shown you in your future. 
So he gets quiet. They begin to help him by telling him what they think. And he crawls off. He said, I'll holler at you later. And as he crawls off, they're talking about him. But he crawls off and he gets where on a, on, on, on a limb and he begins to, out of frustration, he begins to do something he's never done before. He begins to ball up from within him all the frustration he begins to take. And he begins to just mm, wrap himself. He's, he's wrapping himself because of everything they said about him. Because they don't understand what I feel. I don't even understand what I feel. But I want to cover myself up. Because I understand that this is the fact that nobody can see what I'm going through. Because they won't understand him without knowing it from the inner drive of the inside of the caterpillar. He begins to spin a cocoon. Can you say process? Process. And inside of the cocoon, he, he's going through things that you wouldn't believe because now his body is beginning to go through a metamorphosis. And, and metamorphosis ain't always pretty. It ain't always lovely. And, and it ain't always delightful because now things in my body are changing and dying and opening. And you see the ugliest and the pretty of me. And I'm beginning to go through things that might upset somebody and they call me the devil. But you got to stay faithful to the process because whatever I got to go through to get to where God's bringing me to, I got to go through it. And I'm going through it. Now, 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 now as I was thinking about this, this is the introduction. I asked God, I said, Lord, is the cocoon for the safety of the caterpillar? Or is the cocoon safety measure for everything outside in the world? Because if the world could see what the caterpillar's going through, they would go either do one or two things. They would either kill it because it was too grotesque and it was against the nature of who he is, or they would go inside the cocoon and help pull him out. And see, so you gotta understand, a cocoon is spun by the caterpillar uh, not to be intruded, but to when things are right to be, to be tore out of. If you tear into him, you kill him. But if he comes out, he'll live. Say process. I like it because the same people that rebuked the caterpillar for what he felt before he understood what he felt. The same people who scandalized the caterpillar before they understood that there was more beauty inside of him than they recognized. The same people who told him he was the devil now understand that when he comes out, they call him an angel of God. Ah, process. It's process. It's process. Process. Some of you ought to get excited in here today because some of you are now in the mode and getting just right for God to take you through whatever in the right spirit so you can spin your cocoon of process. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You got to have the whatever uh, process you because you're anointed to go through whatever when the God's hand is on your life. That is the natural experiment of whatever. Now when we look in the Bible and we pick up here in chapter 2 verses 3 we're going to show you how God takes you through it 
spiritually. It says in verse 3, And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. Your process will start when people who have had a taste for one thing in life and don't really know God, but have been tasting the world, tasting their own desires, their own pride, what they want. When they continue to want that thing, that, that wine, that, that strange spirit, it will deplete itself and then the demand will be on to you. When the wine runs out, then God will start your process. Because in order to get them delivered from a strange spirit, God has to now invoke them with the Holy Spirit. Say process. And when the wine ran out, the mother Jesus told them they have no wine. It's, what are you going to do about this? And Jesus said unto the mother, woman, what have I to do with thee? My hour has not yet come. I want to stop there and I want to separate Jesus' two statements. What have I to do with thee? And my hour has not yet come. Um, you have to understand the significance and the humor in the text. Um, they have no wine. That means they have run out. They're depleted. Wine comes from grapes. Amen. Grapes is a fruit. Amen. Jesus now is the true vine, amen, and his attitude is he's not concerned that there is no wine. How can the true vine that bears much fruit not care about the fruit that has given out and is not releasing now the right spirit? The reason why he's not concerned about it is because the wine that has now run out, it is the wine of the world. It is the wine of self-need, self-promotion, self-growth. It has depleted. How the true vine is not concerned that there's no more wine. Could it be that Jesus has another intention in mind? Could it be that maybe he has some convasier or maybe... He had some mad dog. Could it be that the true vine has something in store? Could it possibly be that the wine is already there? That we just don't know it. He said, my hour has not yet come. So it revealed that he's going to do something, but it's not time for it to do it yet. So you have to understand many times wine has to go through fermentation. And that's when it is sealed up. Fermentation is something that goes through a uh, breakdown by chemical yeast and heat. And it breaks down to the street stuff and to come into unison. And right now what's going on, there's a need for something. And Jesus is saying, uh, don't bother me because the wine has to go through fermentation. It has to be broken all the way down to understand its potency. But there's no time for that. Have you ever had a need from Christ and needed God to do something for you in your life? And it seemed like Jesus was unconcerned. Have you ever prayed and prayed and asked God to move on your account? And the more you move, Jesus sit there and said, what have I to do with this? 
You, you have to understand sometimes when he says and restrains himself and says, I would have had to do with this. You have to understand that he's always in concern. He's always concerned. He is the true vine. But maybe the water, the wine that you're looking for and the fruit that you're looking for is the wrong fruit. So he tells his mom, I am the true vine concerned about all wine. Mom, but I'm concerned about my wine. The wine that they're drinking is the wine of the world. It is, it's been through fermentation. It's been through the wine press. It's, it, it, it has a spirit, but it ain't my spirit. And I, I can't get involved with that. So I, I've been sitting here knowing that they're going to run out. And you see, sometimes people don't get delivered until what they're hooked on runs out. And this is what starts your process. This is when God brings you into the yield and brings you into the thing. But see, the good thing I like about it is that when God brings you into it, he doesn't process you like the world processes you. What have I to do with this? Say, say I'm anointed for the process. And his mother said unto the servants, say servants, mm -hmm. whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Sound like Jesus might have had some Nikes on. <laughs> Just do it. Just do it. See, see, watch. Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord, I'll say it. See, some, sometimes we don't have an issue with what happens to us as long as we understand and know that Jesus is doing it. I don't have a problem with that. Whatever he sends me through, but what happens when what's happening to you and frustrating you and trying you and pushing your nerves is not done by the face of Jesus, but you look at somebody and it's just some servants, some people who haven't been delivered and some people who got problems with you and some people had not been touched by God. You look up and now they are the ones who's failing you. See, Jesus told me to tell you while I was studying this message. He said, tell the people of God, mm, I'm letting somebody else, I didn't feel you because I didn't feel you because you're not going to pour that back out on me and minister to me. But since you're going to redeem and minister to people who need to be filled, you need to feel what they're filled with. <laughs> Glory to God. You need to feel, be filled with what they're filled with. Hmm. Stop calling the people who's harassing you the devil. What would have happened if Jesus would have called Judas the devil? Judas was the one who filled his pocket with money by filling up Jesus with a kiss that betrayed him. Who he is. Amen. We're going to turn to the book of John chapter 2 uh, verses 3 through 8. John chapter 2 verses 3 through 8 when you Jesus told his servants there were six water pots hmm. after the manifestation and purification of the Jews containing three firkins apiece and Jesus said unto them fill the water pots with water so they filled them up to the brim see the real miracle was not that Jesus changed water um, into wine. That's the miracle that the world sees because the world was in need of Jesus. See, I told you, you can't go deeper with God when you're always needful. You have to be useful by God. 
that was not the miracle. That was the that was the faithless miracle. Because see, when you want something strange and you want something good, you'll call anything a miracle as long as you get what you're looking for. But turning the water into wine, brothers and sisters, was, was not the miracle. The miracle was not that Jesus changed it from water to wine. The miracle was where the wine came from. <laughs> yes, Lord. There were six water pots after the purification of the Jews. Um, the number six is the number of man and flesh. These water pots were not used to serve kings and to serve people. These water pots were not used um, to bring forth pleasure and beauty. These water pots were used for the purification of the Jews. The purification of the Jews is when people would come by and wash and purge and cleanse and, 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 and defecate and spit in these water pots to cleanse themselves. Have you ever felt like you're just here to help somebody else get clean? Somebody else always using you, always putting their mouth in you, always emptying themselves on you, always bringing things to you and pouring into you. Have you ever felt like you was just a clay stone water pot? Jesus didn't tell them to clean them out and pour the water that was in them out and purge them and clean them. He said, no, I want you to take them and just like they are, what's inside of them, whatever water and nastiness inside, I want you to take and I want you to feel that. I want you to feel it. I want you to raise the level in these people who struggle to the point being that they can't take no more. Feel it, not only feel it, but feel it to the brim. Uh, that word brim means of a heavenly descent, of a heavenly region. See, God will put so much on you until your frustrations will turn into celebrations. He'll pour so much and fill you to the brim until everything that's bothering you, he gives you a revelation about. Now the thing that's inside of you that everybody has looked the past and does not want, now everybody has a taste for your wine. Because it's drawing time. It's drawing time. See, when you go through fermentation, you're filled and then sealed. Put under pressure with heat to go through fermentation. But when you go through heavenly fermentation, God fills you with the revelation. And the revelation he fills you with is that the people that has already passed you by is going to be hungry for the very same thing they've done for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fill them to the brim. And now he said unto them, draw out and bear it to the feast and give it to the governors. My Bible says that when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine. Watch this. You have to follow the word as it says it. It didn't say when he tasted the wine that came from the water. No, he said when he tasted the water that had been made wine. Which one did he taste? Did, did he taste uh, the wine or did he taste the water that was made wine? Because if he tasted the water that was made wine, he tasted what was in the pot before it was made wine. See, that's the, that's the power of the Holy Ghost. 
It's just the fact that you have to be drawn out by the right time. And when God draws your testimony and your giftings out and your abilities out, regardless of how people have treated you, when it's drawn out in his time, they taste the very thing they said they'd never want. But if they knew where it came from, only God can take something that's been purged with filth, with nastiness, with bitterness, somebody else's body part, somebody else's odor, their dirt. Only God can take something that has been, mm, that is nasty and then draw out the best thing they've ever tasted. <laughs> Pull somebody a glass and tell them to take it to the head. Take it to the head. My God. Oh, come taste and see that the Lord is good. He tasted the water, for he knew not from whence it had come. He didn't realize what he was drinking. It's equivalent to the Lord going in your house. And everybody's at Thanksgiving time and there's no, there's no more tea, no more sweet tea. And the Lord has got people coming out of the back room holding pitchers of tea that taste like they've been brewed in some foreign island and it's the best tea you've ever had. And he's getting it and drawing it out of the toilet bowl. Oh my God. See, it's funny to you now, but the reality of it is by the time he finishes your process, your filthiness is going to be his wealth, his wealthiness. Mm, glory to God. Tell somebody I've been anointed for the process of whatever. And then the man says, hmm. Most people put out the best, and then when people are drunk, the worst. See, that's how people do. They'll put on a good face for you. And when you get familiar with them and comfortable, they show you their ugly face. Uh, but God brings out your ugly face first so people can overlook it and talk about it. And then when they get to needing and get to wanting more God, more deliverance, more truth, more power, God then brings forth you know, your nastiness, converting it by the power of his strength and causing them to drink the very thing. Has he done it before? Yes, God told the people of God to make a serpent and put it on the staff. And whoever looked at the serpent would be healed. And that's amusing to me because they was looking at a serpent and be healed, but they had became hissing serpents and the devil backbatting and talking about Moses and God. So now they have to look at the very thing that they are to be healed. And sometimes you have to drink the very wine that you said you'd never drink in order to feel the power and the, mm, of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a process. I like it because when Jesus said, my time has not yet come. It's amazing. He was saying that I cannot perform a resurrection right now because it's not time for me to die and then be raised back up from Filth. He become filth. Yeah, he became sin for our sin, and 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 he became sin for our sin and diseases for our diseases. He became what we were, and then rose from that wickedness, gave us his new wine, and now we're drinking the very thing that he was, which was us, and now it's killing us. He said, "I can't perform 
her resurrection now because my time is not in the beginnings at the end. But because it's at the end, I know the end from the beginning. What I'm going to do is raise you up. I'm going to resurrect you. And many of us have been walking around with the salvation, the blood and the seal of God on our lives. Not knowing you're walking in resurrection power from the very beginning thing that he began to do. When he filled you up with frustration, filled you up with, with discord and mental anguish. And filled you up with bitterness and God allowed people to fill you up. To kill you and bring you to a rim. And as you came to the rim of heavenly places to the brim, you came to the end of yourself. Hallelujah. Jesus went through the same thing. He went in the desert to be tempted 40 days of the devil. And after he was tempted in his flesh, turned the stone to bread. He was hungry. That was his flesh. After he was tempted in his soul, throw yourself down from here and have your angels to catch you before you strike your head. This emotional system. Only a person would throw themselves down who wasn't happy with themselves. And after he was tempted in the spirit, worship me and I'll give you all of this. After he was Mm, violated in all these areas by the devil. Then the Bible says that Satan left him and the Bible says that angels came and then kept around him. They could create a cocoon and they ministered to him. Because the truth be told, if you had seen him hanging out with Satan, you probably would have talked about him. But thank God that the Lord has people who will create a spiritual cocoon while you go through your metamorphosis of change to prepare yourself for the ministry. When Jesus came out of that cocoon of angels in the wilderness, he went and his ministry began. See, you've got to go through whatever to tap into ever after. Hallelujah. Prepare yourself. For the glory of God. For the Lord is faithful. He understands the reality. Of what we need. He understands. That sometimes. Fermentation. Takes us through things. That's too much for us. And so he fills you. With the heavenly revelation. Of who you are. Cross-trained by people who get on your nerves, who frustrate you, but eventually they're going to celebrate you because of the wine that has to be changed. Many of you will keep experiencing a water revelation and relationship with God and never come into your wine covenant with God until you have the right attitude and the right spirit of whatever. Not whatever I'm frustrated, but whatever, God, I trust you. Not whatever, Lord, I'm finished with this, but whatever, God, you lead me to. You've got to have the right whatever in your spirit to walk with God. And when you begin to have that, he feels you. When he feels you, he gives you insight and understanding. When he feels you, he brings your flesh to not your spirit to not. When he feels you. To the brim. What was sour becomes sweet in you. What was false becomes true in you. What was low becomes high in you. When he feels you. When your whatever has been processed through the spirit of God. I trust you. 
You're going to find that people around you are hungry for what's inside of you because God knows when to draw out and bear it to someone else. Hallelujah. I'm anointed for the process of whatever. I'm anointed for the process of whatever. I'm anointed. I don't care what you're going through and what you've been through. Wherever you're going through because you're saved, God has allowed it. Put your whatever in check with your spirit of righteousness. and Laugh at the devil and tell him, look at him. Whatever he tells me to do, I'll do it. Because when you make like Nike and just do it with a spirit of praise and the humbleness of your heart, and the reality of you being a child of God, you're going to make people so thirsty for where you've been. But you've got to remember, it's not fact being that you've been changed from water to wine. The strength of your life, the power of your testimony is not that you've been changed, but where God found you, where he delivered you from, where he picked you up from. It is the source and the power of the anointing of God that's in your life. Hallelujah. Let him use you. Let him use you. Don't be needful. Be useful for God. He'll take everything in you that is low and bring it to a heavenly place. Change your life forever in the name of Jesus. Father, we bless you. We give you glory now. We thank you, God, for the breath of your word, the fabric of God, the texture of your voice. Now let the people of God believe what they've heard, God. Let them understand that there's more to them than they realize. Let them understand, God, that the process of whatever has been anointed by you. Not to kill us, Lord, but to change us. And if we can break out of the cocoon, God, if we can come out on our own, Lord, we'll come out flying, even though we came in crawling. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the blessed Holy Ghost, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, people of God, that's all we have time for today. I pray you enjoyed what you heard and your life was changed. You have to remember, in all of your getting, the main thing you have to get is an understanding. It is with an understanding and the faith and the power of the word of God that we come into true change. Because remember, without truth, you cannot be changed because we're only changed by truth. See you next time. God bless you.